Welcome to No Content, a podcast produced by Big Slate Media in Knoxville, Tennessee. No Content is a podcast full of content made by content creators. New trends, big ideas, expert opinions, and all the need to know on how to keep your content fresh and fly. The title of today's podcast is Pre-Pro for the Pro-Pros. I'm your host today, Jess Gutman from Big Slate Media, and in studio today we have the Pre-Pro Bros. And Mark and Lawrence, we're gonna bust open pre-pro like a door hinge. Bring it open. Tell them where it's at. Sam, what do we bring when we shoot at anywhere? Wow, that was terrible. Lenses. Right, we bring lenses and cameras and lights. <laughs> that's that's what progress. you need to shoot stuff. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. This isn't our only up. Well, it might be if it if it's really terrible, but. Uh, hopefully this is not our only episode, so next time we're on, that's going to be a lot better. Tip of the iceberg, baby. I think the network is definitely going to cancel this one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I had at least two bars that I was proud of there. Well, that was a a nice little introduction Uh into the minds of the pre-pro bros, but Mm -hmm. uh, we're here in studio with Lucas Cooper and Sam Parker, both with Big Slate Media. Uh Guys, why don't you uh, kick it off by just introducing yourselves and uh, telling the audience a little bit about what you do. So I'm Lucas. I've hosted pretty much all the episodes before this, but finally they decided that I do have something to talk about, which is the first time I've ever gotten credit for that. I'm here. I I basically am mostly doing post-production these days for Big Slate Media, but as of about the last year, um, up until about three months ago, I was heading up our pre-production process, um, and that's where Sam comes in about three months ago. We switched roles and defined them a little more, and that's where I pass it off to Sam. So Sam, I'll let you talk a little more about what you're doing now. Yeah, my name is Sam Parker, longtime listener, first-time talker. So I started at Big Slate in uh, January, and then kind of bumped around, did everything from you know production and editing, but now in the last three months, I've kind of taken over the um, pre-production. So that's what kind of my main goal and main uh, kind of job here at Big Slate has been. Awesome. So when we talk about pre-production as a process or uh, as an element of video production, it's really starting once that project gets the green light, like, okay, go, where do you even start? So we're going to be diving into that today, sort of the elements that make the pre-production process more efficient and successful and how that can translate into a successful shoot. But before we dive into those specific elements, I'd like you guys to just kind of give the audience a sense of what it's like to be on a shoot with Big Slate, both, you know, in a professional manner and what it's like just working with with each other. Yeah. Well, if you're lucky enough, you're listening to this, maybe you have been on a shoot with us. We lock our keys in the car sometimes before shoots. What that was one happens? time. Yeah. One time. What else happens on shoots, Sam? Uh, a lot of fun. Let's just say you step off that, uh, step out of the pilot or the new car that we have, and you can just feel the electricity in the air. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of ready to go. We got our McDonald's uh, Egg McMuffin, maybe if it's a morning shoot. Yeah, yeah. And then we just get there, and a lot of times it's good because everyone knows their role, everyone knows their job, and then you know, without even saying anything, everyone kind of jumps into action and kind of picks up the materials they need right. and then bring them together and kind of, you know, hope that we have a nice and uh, easy shoot. But, you know, sometimes we had to put in a little extra work, but then most of the time that's when the, the best stuff gets made. Yeah. And if we're on a multi-day shoot, sometimes there are a few people that choose not to shower on those shoots. I'm not going to name names. Lucas. 
I, I've started bringing extra shampoo in case. Anyway, that's pretty much a shoot day for Big Slate. <laughs> I can smell you from here, Lucas. Yeah. The electricity I was talking about. Mm, can we get a fan going in this room, please? <laughs> okay, so I agree. Being on shoots with the team here at Big Slate is incredibly fun, and I love that we get to kind of trade off roles sometimes uh, just based on, you know, who can be on the shoot that day. But let's get into all the details here when it comes to pre-production or pre-pro as it's called in in the biz for us what does an efficient pre-production process entail in terms of initial client meetings internal team meetings and essential documents that are part of that process yeah i think you kind of mentioned there with meeting with clients i think that's kind of the the pre pre pro step and that might be the most important one because that's when you're going to really kind of nail down what the client wants and then kind of pass around ideas between them and, and you. And so that way you really know what they want to get out of it. Because if you go into it with like a kind of loose general idea, then that's when more people get more confused and emails get thrown around and you're like, wait, I thought you were doing this. You're actually doing this. But if you and the client are on the exact same page from the get go, then it's going to be a whole lot smoother process. So after initial client meetings, like Sam was talking about, we generally have an internal meeting and that internal meeting, we're fleshing out not only the idea that we've settled on or if we need to brainstorm or brainstorming, but we're also talking about what's the scope of this project. I mean, how many days do we have to shoot? How many days does the contract say? Uh, those are the, some of the most important things I think you have to look at with pre-production is how many days do I have? And does our idea that we're about to film fit into that scope? So we have two days and we want to film, you know, at eight different locations, that's going to be pretty difficult uh, when you consider driving your stuff around, packing it all up. I mean, you're talking less than an hour at each location to shoot. So how much do you have to shoot at each location? So really, when we sit down for our internal meetings, that's what we're talking about is what is realistic here and what can we get done? And after that, whoever's handling pre-production should have the ability to walk away from that meeting and say, okay, now I can really start writing things out and figuring out how we tackle this. And I would assume that that was where production roles would be defined, or would you say that gets determined later? I'd, I'd say it kind of depends on the, if it's something that we're kind of used to, or like a, a very similar to a previous shoot, then we know like, okay, then so-and-so is going to be on audio and so forth. But if it's something that's brand new, and if even if someone wants to try something out, because I mean, we're very lucky that we are able to kind of, you know, wear a lot of different hats. And so it, when it comes down to it, and we got to like kind of put our heads together and then just kind of break from what we've been doing and try something new, we can do that. So sometimes at the early meetings, we will say, go ahead and define stuff. But other times it might be until like maybe a couple of days before the shoot, we'll say, let's, let's try to mix it up. Right. Because I guess that initial brainstorming meeting that we're talking about following the the client meeting would be separate from like a traditional pre-pro meeting that we typically have once we have all the essential documents right. and things like that. Uh, which is a great segue into what are those documents that you need to have? Uh, what what makes that a successful pre-production process? Well, I'll say this, and, and just as a kind of a, a blanket statement for this whole podcast is that we're really talking about the way we do things, and there's not a right way to necessarily do pre-production, and I just kind of want to make that said before we continue. But when you're talking about documents, I'll say I don't really ever feel comfortable leaving for a shoot unless I have a shot list, unless I have a storyboard and unless I have, you know, if it's a shoot that involves talent and it involves multiple locations, I also want to see a schedule or a call sheet as, as it's known in the production world. So those things are the things I'm looking for uh, when I'm walking out of the office and we're packing things up. Oh, and I, I mean, also a equipment checklist is something that we use here at the office a lot is 
making sure that we're checking off every box and know we have everything. Because as a creative, we're forgetful people. So many times we get on shoots and we realize we don't have the HDMI cord we need or we don't have the lens that we wanted to bring. And so being prepared and planning ahead is is not something that comes easy for a creative person. And I think that's not to kind of lay labels on people, but it is hard. And so the more that you can plan and be ready to walk out that door, the easier it's going to be when you're on site. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of times creatives like to kind of, kind of do stuff on the fly. And I mean, so having all those documents, having your shot list, having your storyboards, I mean, those are kind of like the bedrock of like, that's the foundation. Like that's, that's the old ball and chain right there. But so you, you try to stick to that as much as possible and you need to in order to get everything. But then once you knock out everything and if you have time and if you have budget and then maybe you can go off book and kind of be like, this shot might look cool or do we have time to go to this location or something like that? I guess I want to say this. I think pre-production is one of the most important parts of being a production house. And because it's so hard as a creative, it doesn't come easily. But if you look at, you know, Sam and I are both sports guys and we watch football a lot. So I think about football when I think of that. And I think no coach goes into a game without a game plan. And as a production house, you have to have a game plan. And that game plan is your pre-production. And if you don't do the pre-production, then you're just going to be running around like a crazy person. And at the end of the day, there's going to be you know, it's like baking a cake with just grabbing random ingredients in your house. It's, it's, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. It's funny how little production is part of a production crew's <laughs> like job. Yeah. Production is just a very small, small part. The majority of it is pre-production and post-production. Yeah. Like day to day, like when someone were to stop by the big slate offices, it'd be half of us are working on something that we already shot and doing on the editing. And then the other half will be working on something we will shoot. But mm. the actual production is a very small amount of time. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I think it's just funny to think about that too is just how important that is and and how sometimes that can slip through the cracks even when when that is such an important part. But yeah, that's a great point, Sam. Lucas, you mentioned just some of the essential documents and mentioned a shot list and some would argue that that was is probably the most essential document. Let's dive into sort of what a shot list looks like for mm-hmm. us. Many people know this, at least our clients do that here at Big Slate our goal is really to overshoot on our shoots. So, you know, we're grabbing more footage than what's required for that 30 second spot we may be shooting. We're we're building a content archive for our clients. So can you guys kind of talk about how you, how you fill shot lists, uh, different types of shots, what that looks like and and keeping the end goal in mind? Yeah, I'll say, uh, first off, don't underestimate yourself. You have to know what your ability is and where you can reach and where you also have to hold back and not do as much as you think you can. I'd say a lot of times if you're filming a 30 second spot and somebody wants a 30 second spot, you know, depending on where you're filming and what you're doing, um, a lot can be shot in a half day. A lot can be shot in a full day, but you have to look at how many places you're going and stuff like that. Um, I'll say with a shot list, you know, you're talking about what types of shots do we want to get almost every time. And like you said, it, it, I think something that sets us apart is that we're going out to a shoot with the intention to come back with more than we need And that is one of the ways we do that is every time we have a scene. So let's say we're looking at a scene of, you know, maybe we're a guy's buying coffee at a coffee shop, right? Maybe that's the scene we're looking at. Well, we want to get an establishing shot of the coffee shop. And then we want to get some sort of mid shot of the person handing the cashier money, right? And then we want to get a close up of the coffee being passed across the counter. What that does and what that gives you the ability to do is to use those in different mediums 
you don't have to use those in that order. And if you're doing a 30 second spot and you just need one clip of coffee, well then you have three clips to choose from. Which one are we going to choose? Are we going to choose the wide and show the coffee shop or, oh wait, this shot looks better. Let's choose the, the close up. So I think thinking ahead and thinking um, logically like that, like that doesn't take more than 10 minutes to get that mid shot and that close up, right? So you can get those really quick right back to back as long as you've got your lighting people and your grips ready to go. Uh, you can do that pretty quickly. So I think thinking ahead and doing that type of stuff, but also keeping in mind, and Sam, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you chime in if you want to here in a second, but also keeping in mind the final deliverable. So we have a lot of people come to us and ask for Instagram stories, or a lot of people come to us and ask for one-by-one one videos. And frankly, you cannot shoot those the way that you would shoot other normal video. I mean, you have to think about what is going to be the dimension of this when I get back? Because if you're framing, if you're doing a close-up of a coffee cup and you use the whole coffee cup in the entirety of the frame, you're not going to be able to use that in a one-by-one one video or an Instagram 9 by 16 So keeping the final deliverable in mind, but also keeping in mind how can we efficiently, when we're shooting a subject at a scene, how can we efficiently get a couple different angles or a couple different shots of that that we can use later for multiple mediums? Yeah, I would say also shot lists are sometimes can be the most tedious things, but you can also have a lot of creative freedom with it because that's why I enjoy now doing more um, pre-production because I came from a, I studied film in college. So I have more like a, you know, I look at thing, look at film and see it more like a cinematic scope. And so I think of like how they do different shots from, as I can say, you look at like even a TV show, like Breaking Bad, like they're you're going to have one shot outside of like a Winnebago. And then you got to think of all the steps they take just to get into like that tighter shot. Once they're in there, you know, you kind of have to, there's stepping stones along the way that you have to think of each one of those little things just to make a coherent story. And especially with, if we're shooting a 30 second or a minute long video, which isn't a lot of time, you have to know the best ways to get from A to B to C and with being the most efficient with your day. Yeah. So we can agree that a shot list is kind of important. <laughs> no. Kind of just take back everything you said. You yeah. don't need one. Toss it out. Okay. Let's do a wrap again. <laughs> Forget the shot lists. Okay. So we know it's important. We know it is essential right. to, ke to keep right. the project going. And but I'll say this too. You can't have a shot list without a good storyboard or without a good concept. I mean, your shot list is going to be a, a mess if you don't know what you're actually shooting. So that's why I say the pre-production process is so important is because even though we say the shot list is the most important while you're on site, how do you get the shot list? You get the shot list with those components beforehand. You build out the idea, you brainstorm, then you storyboard. So. Pre-pre-production. Yeah, we call that the pre-pre-pro. <laughs> the the pre-pre-pro pre -pro for the pro-pros. For the pro-pros with the pre-pro-bros. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, that is a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, good luck titling this one. Do you want to dive into a little bit about what... I, I've seen both of you make storyboards, and they're yeah. awesome. I love that. Do you guys want to talk about that process a little bit? Because obviously yeah. that's more conceptualized unless you're using pictures from a location yeah. counter, a scout or things like that. But do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, so we use we use a uh, app called Storyboarder. Um, it's free, and if you're looking for an easy storyboard app to use, that's a great one. It is basically, I mean, it's it's it is what it says. You're going to be able to put a picture in there, and you're going to be able to put dialogue in there if there's VO or talking or anything. And then under that VO, you can put description of what the shot is if you want to even. So what that helps, you know, let's say Sam and I tackle pre-pro together, then I can go in and make a storyboard for Sam. And if we're doing a 30-second spot, maybe I have nine or 10 shots in that storyboard that we need to use. 
I give that to Sam. He can build a shot list based on that if I am very clear with my direction of what this shot should be. So he has the scenes in front of him. He can look at that storyboard now and say, oh, okay, so I need to make three shots for each of these scenes, or let's make two shots for each of these scenes. So when we do that, let's say I have 10 shots in my storyboard. He does three shots for each scene. We should be walking away with at least 30 great shots that we have access to that later you should, as a client, have access to that with us. So, I mean, that is that is kind of that's kind of the money right there for us. Um, and yeah, the, wor the worst thing you can do is undershoot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like if Sam went by the book when I handed him a storyboard and he just did nine shots, and so we were done in like a half day, got nine shots, or done in two hours, that would feel concerning to me. Um, and that's just kind of how we're built as a company is that – I hope that would be concerning to everyone on that shoot. I hope that would be something that says, I don't really feel like we got what we needed. Yeah. And then kind of, I mean, I feel like you might be heading this direction, but you kind of mentioned it in there with storyboarding is just the importance of location scouting. Cause that's what you're going to use. If you're lucky, you'll be able to scout. We like to make sure that we are able to know exactly where we're going. So that way we know kind of how much space we have, what we're shooting, what the lighting's going to be like. And so that's kind of where storyboarding comes in. Cause you can go to these locations and you can take pictures. So you, that way the storyboard is actually like, it's more exact and it's more like real life. Cause a lot of times when we're storyboarding a commercial or something like that, we'll just be on like Google and just taking stock photos and things like that, <laughs> which works. And a lot of times you can kind of draw from inspiration from yeah. some of the stock photos. Cause it was like, you know, professional photographers, but it is very nice to know exactly what you're doing. Cause if you make a storyboard with a bunch of stock photos and then you show up to the place and you're like, yeah. this place isn't immaculately yeah. lit. Like the way this photo was, what's wrong with that? And so yeah. it's going to seem like a pain, but, but take somebody with you when you go on a location scout and have them be a model to stand in frame. Cause when you have that kind of scale as well, it helps you when it comes to knowing what you're getting into on set with, for that shot. So I think that's something that even we can get better at that. You know, a lot of times we just yeah. send one of us out to a location scout and that's, and that can be super easy because yeah. sometimes, because I mean, we'll just take iPhone photos, you know, we don't have to bring yeah. a full camera and use the same lens that we're going to be using. We just want kind of a ballpark. We'll take an iPhone picture of where we're going to be, what the lighting kind of looks like, and right. then go from there. Yeah. Now with the new iPhone 11, you can take like three images at once. So there you go. I mean, we're making it even more efficient. That's a, uh, Apple should sponsor me. I was about to so. say, super easy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's also really important just knowing what kind of lighting that we need to be prepared for mm -hmm. and even audio, you know, if it's a loud room or, or anything mm -hmm. like that, but just kind of piggybacking off of what you guys said, I feel like having that robust storyboard is a great way to sort of show the client what we're going for and to give them expectations. Yeah. yeah well, that's a great point. Cause a lot of times we don't hand them a shot list. I mean, a lot of times it's, it's, like they'll get that the day of. Yeah, like unless the client really wants to see the shot list beforehand, the shot list is really for us as a production company to know what we're getting into, know what we're getting ourselves into. But we almost always share the storyboard because that's something that is easily understandable, easily digestible for maybe somebody who doesn't have production experience. So they can look at that storyboard and say, oh, this is kind of what this should look like at the end of this. I think it gives the client a lot more confidence in us too because you're giving them an outline. You're saying this is what it should and could look like if we do our jobs right. And they'll right. look at that and be like, okay, I can actually picture this now it's not just more abstract it's something real that they can look at and hold on to and know that we're gonna kind of try to do the best we can in getting each one of these shots yeah absolutely so when you're on set you you have you, you have your shot list you have your storyboard you have uh, a script if if needed if, right. you're, if you're doing scripting at all how important would you say it is to stick to those documents <laughs> i mean obviously conditions may change. And so what role does, you know, flexibility and problem solving play <laughs> in, in production? I think that's a, that's a great question just because it is, I don't want people to get the idea that we're going on 
every single shoot with this really laid out shot list that we are following by the book because there are reasons that you have to change. There are reasons you have to be flexible. Like an event I would uh, use as an example. Yeah, I was about to say almost every event uh, we have maybe bullet point shot list, but we never really follow a shot list at events. We just have bullet points of what we know we need to get because to a certain degree, we never want to lose our creativity. We never want to lose our ability to go out and have fun while we're on the job and get shots that we think might look cool. There are certain things that we need to get at those events, but there are also there's a lot of room for creativity and for you know doing cool gimbal moves or taking a camera and you know maybe laying on your stomach on the ground and trying to get a weird angle you've never gotten before. Like I never want to lose touch of that as a company, like our the fun that we have and the ability to create while we're on site. But yeah, I, I think I'll let Sam talk a little more yeah, about how to be flexible there. And also sometimes it might work in your favor because if you think you're getting into one thing and then it turns into be something even better, you know, I mean, you might go to a store looking for pineapples instead you find coconuts and you think I'm just going to use these and see if that works better. And occasionally it does. And that's when the clients are really happy because they think you did that on purpose. And it's great. <laughs> so true. So true. And I think you have to be ready for adversity to happen. I mean, you have to be ready for a room to not be available or for it to start raining suddenly because we live in East Tennessee or you never know where you're going and maybe the weather changed all of a sudden. And so you have to be ready to switch on a dime. You have to be ready to adapt and say, okay, I was really excited about this drone shot outside, but we can't get drone shots. Actually, we were at a shoot a couple weeks ago where we got out there and realized we were close to an airport. We couldn't put the drone up. And so we have to be creative in those moments. Where can we get a shot that is larger than life and we're around a lot of buildings? Well, there was a hotel across the street. So let's go up to the top floor of that hotel and shoot this building that we're shooting at. So we have a wide angle of this building. I mean, that's the type of stuff that you have to be ready to do. And, and that can be some of the most exhausting stuff on, on shoots, but you yeah. have to be ready for it. And with that, like being able to adapt, it helps to have a shot list because if you have a schedule and then you find out that one room or one shot won't work out, instead of just wasting time trying to think of something else, you have that shot list. You can go to it. You can be like, okay, if we can't shoot scene four, let's see what we can shoot. And you look at the shot list, be like, oh, well, scene six is right over there and we have time. Let's just go ahead and knock that out so we can come back around. And so that's why kind of shot lists and storyboards come together just to save you time and maybe even money. Yeah. So, and this is, I feel like this is, this might be helpful. It might not, but it is kind of like this balancing act of, being really organized and ready to go, but also having the ability to let go of that plan that you've worked hard on because you might spend 20 hours in pre-production and then you might get there and it might be for not. So just keep in mind, you know, whether you're a client that's hiring a production company or whether you are a production company or listen to this, that there has to be a balance there of no one wants to work with the type A person that isn't going to go off book at all and only wants to stick to the shot list because for that, it just feels inefficient. It feels like when you run into adversity, you're not getting anything done. But no one also wants to work with a person that's completely free, you know, free flowing and does everything they want because you don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't know what your role is and you don't know how you can help be more efficient. So I think it's finding that balance of the two and being able to really juggle them at the same time. Yeah, because the elements and things you, you know, can't control they they will change on you but if you kind of the one thing that, that you have control over is kind of your mindset and kind of your like motivation to do a good job and so as long as you keep that in mind then you'll be fine because things will change but if you change with them and you adapt then it will go right. smoothly let's go one and oh today i mean that's a good thought that i try to think of when we go on shoots is let's go one and oh let's come back today and be one and oh at the end of the day let's 
try to beat every adversity we get. Um, so I know that I can keep that in mind. Like we don't have to stick to this if, if it gets crazy. I feel like we might be hitting our, our time limit here. Obviously, pre-production entails a wide range of topics and process. Oh, yeah, we could talk we can about cover. this for another two hours. I mean, we haven't even touched talent. We haven't even... <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a Joe Rogan yeah, marathon yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be on here in a few weeks to do a six-hour-long episode about pre-pro. Yeah, you can hop over to our Twitch and just see our live stream all day. Just kidding. We don't have that. That'd be nuts, though. <laughs> Chris, can we work on having that? Well, I don't know. Are you going to have us back on as the pre-pro bros? I'll, at some have, point? I'll have to get with the network and, and see how they feel, mm. but I have a feeling the pre-pro bros will be back. Any last-minute thoughts or advice you want, you want to give the listeners today, bros? That was it. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I would say that because I don't know, you know, I know our audience is a wide range of people probably. I know you have both probably CMOs and, and marketing directors and also just marketing coordinators, but you also might have the production company that's listening to this, maybe trying to get some tips on, on pre-production. So I would say that your pre-pro person in your office, if you're a production company, should be the person who is the most organized. But as a team, you also need to keep in mind that production is a wild, a wild beast. Sometimes it's hard to tame. And so you have to be willing to go with the flow. I think that's my advice. What I said there at the end was, I mean, the last question is just, it is a balance and I want people to understand that it is a balance. And, and from a, I hope that if you're a CMO or a marketing director, you're listening to this, you, this gives you a little insight into what it's like for a production company. I know I'll sometimes we tell them how long it might take to do pre-pro and people don't quite understand. And that's because when you're not in this industry, it's just like, I don't understand what everything, you know, CMO does. Um, but when you're not in this industry or when you don't really go out and shoot stuff all the time, it's hard to really get a grasp on what goes into it. And there's a lot more than just, you know, let's, let's find out where we're shooting and go one day. Yeah. And as someone who does a majority of the pre-production and I can honestly say that I'm probably the least organized person <laughs> in this whole office. No, you're not. That's but, not true. Have you met, have you met our boss? Yeah. yeah okay. So well, Sam, besides, just because you're not very, just because you're not very organized doesn't mean you're the least organized. It just means you're the most organized out of all of us. So all of us are not. Organized. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're but, just maybe organized, but we're all creative and that's kind of what it all comes down to is you can, right. it is a lot of paperwork. It is a lot of kind of, you know, yeah. it can be tedious, but you can also have a lot of fun with it and yeah. you can get creative. It's not just something that you are plugging numbers in. You, are like actually you can think of it as you're you're making many movies you know who doesn't want to make a movie every day yeah that's a great that's a great way to put that sam that's awesome darker parker little coop you want to hit us with that official pre-pro bros outro yeah let's go producer chris hit that beat <laughs> yeah that's what's up sam what do you got the rest of the day you making shot lists nope all right word what about storyboards nope yo what about what about Call sheets. This is all I had to do today. Now I'm going home, gonna take a nap. No, you're not, man. Uh, That's what Jonathan said I could do, am I right, Jonathan? Can you, can you check the Excel sheets I sent to you? It has the shot list for tomorrow's shoot. Word to your mother. All right, cool, Sam. Hey, but really, I sent you like 70 emails, so go ahead and look at those. Spam, spam.